Good songs. Well, I liked them. Sorry. Okay, so my sermon's only 45 minutes. No, actually, it's shorter than usual, and I'm really glad I did that since you're all ready to go already, right? Who said, yeah? Fine. (laughs) So, uh, I think our screens are operational. Let's see if I can get this. Nope, I don't want that. See if I can get my first uh, thing up there. It's a Q&A, and it was an appropriate Q&A because someone wrote me uh, this past week, I think it was, not mentioning any names, J.W. I was looking for an explanation of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Everyone always, or 8 through 10, all, everyone always recites verses 8 and 9 for good reason. Sometimes I get the feeling we're missing verse 10, maybe out of fear that grace is then believed to be earned. Yeah. What is the true meaning of these three verses together? Is it a balanced thing? It was a great question, by the way, and I told you so. So, Q&A, what about today's question? What is the true meaning of these verses? Ephesians 2, 8, 9. How many of you know them? By memory, right? For by... All right, I'll tell you what, let's make this easy. Read it with me. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yes, people tend to quote the first two without the last one, and they go together. Every text is in a context, and a text taken outside of his context is a, hey, thank you, Gene, pretext. In other words, you're making an assumption. You've got to read it in its context. So we're going to look at the context just a little bit quickly. Let me start by telling this story, because did anybody notice that one song, There is a Fountain Filled with Blood? I can never get that through that one too easily. And uh, it was written by a man named... Cowper, William Cowper, who was connected to John Newton. Anybody know what John Newton wrote? A a nice hymn. He was the slave trader who wrote what this sermon's about, Amazing Grace. And they were colleagues. But William Cowper was a poet. He was artsy. He was depressive. He had a rough background. His mom died when he was like six years old. He ended up in an asylum. He was suicidal. He made several attempts on his own life. And finally, let me read the story. A visiting relative sought to ease the sick man's depression by telling him of Jesus' power to save. Cowper burst into tears, saying, It is the first time that I have seen a ray of hope. When the friend had gone, the poet opened his Bible at random and read from Romans 3, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. The scriptural account of the redemptive work of Christ touched Cowper's heart, enabling him to testify. Here it is. There shone upon me the full beams of the sufficiency of the atonement that Christ has made to pardon my sin. Yes, Pastor John. The atonement that Christ has made to pardon my pardon in his blood, the fullness and completeness of my justification. And in a moment, I believed and received the gospel. Do you get it? 
I don't care if you were raised in church. In a moment, I believed it and received the gospel. Sometimes we have uh, trained even our family members to do certain things, and we think that that's it, that we act that out, and that's how we become a Christian. Wrong, and that's what the whole point of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 is. So let me unpack it very clearly. Jim, you asked, is it okay that I told who it was? I'm, I'm giving him a compliment because he sent me questions. And now they're all coming in all of a sudden. But anyway, here's the thing. Is it a question of balance? Not really. It's a question of clarity. Anybody remember in the old days when people used to say, you've got to put the horse in front of the... Yeah, you try to push a car with a horse, you ever see what happens? Like pushing a sled. Same thing. doesn't work. You have to be clear about what you are trusting and what comes first. How does this actually happen? So let's take the first part. By, by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves is a gift of God, not as a result of works. I'm just going to stop right there. That's the point. There's no way to earn it. None of the works that I do as a good, goody, good, good, a do-gooder will contribute to it. It doesn't do that. In fact, let's look at the context just a few verses earlier. Look at this. By grace you have been saved. No, that's the wrong one. What's going on here? Here we go. Let me go. Here it is. God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Get this. When we were what? Dead. In our transgressions made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Dead. Made alive. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you were dead, what action did you take? Dead people don't take action. It's the only one I know about, and he came back and took a lot of action, but that's Jesus. You get what I'm saying. There's a reason Paul uses that language. We should have confidence as children of God in the personal, deliberate, chosenness, love of God for us as his children. Have you ever come to rest in that? I know Christians still struggling and tormented. Gee, have I done enough? Did I do enough? Am I going to be okay? What about this sin? Does that condemn me now to hell, even though I accepted Christ? Nothing can pluck me out of his hand. That was in one of our songs, by the way. I know that starts dabbling in doctrine, but I just want you to get the right doctrine because it's what the Scripture teaches. All that my Father gives me will come to me, and those that are in my hand are also in the Father's hand. No one shall pluck them out of my hand. Jesus is pretty clear about that. If I have the grace of God giving me life, we should have confidence in the commitment of God to us. Yes, I have to respond to the gospel. By faith, I say, I believe that. I believe that what Jesus did for me is true, and I receive it. I want him in my life, yes. But even that response of faith is a gift God has given you. He's moved on your spirit to be responsive. Have you noticed that there's a lot of people who aren't responsive? And sometimes even blasphemous. Anti-him. No, back off. And then some of the worst deliberate sinners have been moved on by the spirit and transformed. That's why Newton wrote his song. I once was blind, but now I... The song we sang this morning, Long My Imprisoned Soul Lay, right? Bound in sin. Your 
I diffused a quickening ray. The dungeon filled with light. I rose up. I went out to serve him. I served him because I was made alive. Otherwise, I was dead. Got to get it right. Get the horse in front. Some of us struggle with works righteousness. I was just with a preacher who said, you know, I was raised with this whole thing of works righteousness. I got to work and legalism. And that's what people are afraid of. Oh, we don't want to teach legalism. Yeah. Sometimes we don't want to teach obedience either, but I am going to teach that. But, um, but it starts by being made alive. And I was thinking about this brother as he was sharing. He had to work out of that. I was thinking, you know what? I'm, I, it's not fair. I was blessed. I got saved. I was totally lost when I got saved. I was a nutcase. You know that, right? Hippie freak, drug. I was, I was lost and dead. And the light came, I saw the gospel, and I decided, that's it. It never occurred to me not to follow him. It was like all of a sudden I saw the light and the truth. Of course I want to follow him. I didn't have to say, oh, now what do I have to do to stay saved? What do I have to do to be a Christian? No. I was made alive. Okay, I don't want to park here too long because I've only got three minutes. Oh. Some of us are uh, doing a little mentoring. We've been reading through some really good books. Here's a nice one called Doctrine, What Christians Should Believe. Doesn't mean they always do, but what they should believe. By Mark Driscoll and Jerry Brashears. I went to seminary with one of those guys. He wouldn't know me if he fell over me. But there's some very interesting things. You know, um, the Bible teaches that God made man. Those of you who are taking notes, you have your uh, bulletin there? If, you, if you're note takers, um, go down to where it says a picture. First, the first part was how are we saved? How are we saved? By grace, right? Totally by grace. You exercise faith, but that is because of the grace of God that he made it possible for you to come to faith. That's how you're saved. Not by earning it. You're never going to earn it. Do you have to cross 15 little old ladies across the street like a Boy Scout? Then you get points and maybe you'll be accepted. That's not how it works. Say 10 Hail Marys, you know, whatever it is. There's always something. That's not how you get it. You get the gift of life. Then out of life comes the activities of someone that's alive. Anyway, we're reading in here about God creating. You know, God made man. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. Remember that? I want you to notice something, a picture that illustrates about grace, what it means to be saved. First, imago dei. That's what you can fill in if you want. The imago dei, the image of God. First, made in the image of God. Man was made in the image of God. God breathed life into him. He became a living soul. Had he done anything yet? Was he man already? Yes, he was man. God made him man. He wasn't, he wasn't alive. Made him alive, and then he could act. Imago Dei first, God says, let us make man in our image, and let them have authority, dominion over all the animal kingdom. By the way, our world is really upside down on this today. Let them, let mankind, the crown of creation, if you will, and by the way, I'm, an, I'm ecology-like minded. I like to take care of the environment. We should steward the environment. But animals are not of more value than human beings. That is wrong. Imago Dei first, next word, D. 
dominion second. If they didn't exercise dominion yet, it's still man made in the image of God. He's given life. And then out of the life comes, right, the horse first, then the car. Everybody with me? Let me even push the envelope a little, because here's where it loves to get risky. Are you saying, like, I don't have to do anything? If you've really trusted Christ, if you... Please, nobody do this. If you pass away right now in the pew, you don't have to do anything else to get points with God. Do you understand? Jesus paid the full amount. You have all the points you need. Is it making sense? One of the greatest illustrations of understanding the gospel is the thief crucified next to Jesus. Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Remember that? Jesus looks at him and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. He knew he was going to die today too. He didn't have a chance to get down and get baptized. He didn't get to join Harmony Baptist Church. He didn't get to do anything. He was done. Do you understand? The full work has been paid for. Now, what does that do for you? I can go on vacation for the rest of my life. I never did anything wrong. Anyway, don't go there, class. Image first, then dominion. And as I was reading one of the great commentators, uh, C.H. Lenski, a, uh, a, I believe a Lutheran uh, Reformed preacher guy, Uh, He was mentioning that Paul in this passage is alluding back to creation. He created us in Christ Jesus. He made us alive. The language parallels creation. There's a reason for it. Because I had nothing to do with being made. You had nothing to do with being made. I'm going to skip some of the really cool stuff he has to say. Just going to have to come back next time. But because in the interest of time, there's a reference back to creation. Let me just show you one illustration. I have this really cool item here. Vanna White, you know. And if you order right now, let's see. This is North Brothers Manufacturing Company, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Made in the United States of America. Yeah, it's an antique. I don't want you guys reading. You already read it, didn't you? You, Then don't say anything. Anybody want to guess what that is? Close. Meat grinder. Here. Ah, Yeah, no. Nope. This is an old crushed ice maker. You stick an ice cube in there, press down, and and it crushes the ice. See, it was worth the price of admission just for this, right? It's an antique. We kept it. We found it somewhere. It sits on our antique ice box that we have, which we do. And, um, but here's the deal. You wouldn't want to put your finger in it. The manufacturer, North Brothers, made this to be what? An ice crusher, right? A, a, a shaved ice maker. I bought it from the store brand new, imagine. I've never used it to make shaved ice. What is it? What is it? It's still an ice shaver, right? Whether I've used it or not, whether it's produced anything yet or not. Now, it's really going to glorify its maker if I make ice with it, because that's the purpose. 
But even looking cool, it gives its, its maker some credit, right? Did everybody get what I was trying to say there? Okay. Are you sure? Creation. Worthy art thou, our Lord and our God, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things, all things. And because of your will, they existed and were created. Because you made it, whether it does what it was made to do or not, it will glorify God. Made in the image of God by creation, you already glorify God just by being in the image of God. But how much more so when we are fully alive in Christ? The glory of God is man fully alive, as in following him and worshiping. So what did he have in mind? God had in mind that how, how we get saved is by grace alone. I don't earn it. I can't add to it. I can only receive it. And you should learn how to rest in that. And at the same time, enjoy the journey that he has you on. Why did he save us? Why would he want people to be marked by not only his created image, but the image of his son, Jesus? Why does he want that? It is to honor and glorify him. We think it's all about us being fulfilled. That was the thing I was going to read. Driscoll has talked about the fact that in our culture, everything's gotten into therapy and our self-actualization and us being fulfilled. The fact is I won't be fulfilled unless I get the order right, and that is glorify him and you'll have a much better time. Put him first, want his pleasure, his glory, his honor, then you will enjoy what God made you to do. Here's another verse. No one should boast. That's the second half of our verse today, right? By grace, you've been saved through faith. No one should boast because they didn't make it happen. You had no more to do with that than creating yourself. But because you were created, you were his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Well, what does that mean exactly? Well... Jesus gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession. There's that verse, Titus chapter 2, verse 14, that we would be involved in activity. You know, I hear a lot of complaints about how the church is all screwed up and how it fails our culture and everything else. And we do. We do make mistakes. We do have some serious issues. What is not talked about enough is that it has been the church down through the generations that have reached out to those who are hurting. It's mercy that has motivated missions to plant hospitals in places where they would never have any kind of physical care. It's mercy through the church of Jesus that has reached out to orphans and housed them. It's mercy through the life of Christians like uh, Amy Carmichael who reached out to save women from prostitution in India. How come we don't get that on the front page? But it's happened, and it's still happening. Thank God the church is active doing deeds, zealous for good deeds, for the glory of God. And why did he save us? And why did he rescue us? Why does he want us involved in that? For his honor and glory. Here's the last verse I'm going to show you. In order that in the ages to come, this is right in chapter 2 of Ephesians, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. He's going to brag on what he accomplished. And by the way, it's not sinful for God who's perfect to say, I'm the reason for this. And everybody who's in their right mind goes, yes, you are. 
yes you are he might lavish and that's the language that's used many times lavish his riches his glory on us forever we're going to rejoice in it that brings up another issue and that is the issue of reward somebody asked me a question about that we're going to talk about that another time yeah the crazy thing about God is he's so good he not only invites us into a transformed life and gives us things to do that glorifies him, he rewards us for it. That's nuts. I had a friend that used to, used to pray, Lord, help us to worship you. It seems so wrong to ask you to help us to worship you. And I go, amen, it sure is wrong. <laughs> because he deserves it. And he's going to glorify himself. He's going to be wondered at by the entire creation in his saints. Did you realize that? Jesus, the son, the, the bridegroom with his church will be marveled at by the entire universe. Are you ready for that? You better get dressed up, friend. It's going to be a big event. You can be part of it. If you're listening to me today and you're going, I don't get this. How many good deeds do I have to do? Can I ask you to come and talk with me so you can settle the issue of Jesus Christ's finished work for you? All you have to do is receive it. Stop putting him off. Let's stand together and be dismissed. You are good. God, you love us. And in Christ, you love us unconditionally, and we don't totally get that. And that love is motivational. The new life in me through Jesus can't imagine not wanting to follow him and please him any more than an eight-year-old kid wants to please his father and his mother. Help us be sure that we know you for real born from above, made alive even though we were dead. Let that truth change us. In the great name of Jesus, we pray. All of God's people said, amen. amen. You are dismissed. God bless you. Enjoy your summer and talk to me if you want to settle that question. I can't hear a thing.